I mean, I sort of experienced that very early in my career. I was like, this is boring. It felt like there's the pretty girl who has like nothing to do. And then there's like the character one who's not so pretty. And she's got everything to say. It was like, I was like, who am I interested in? You know, I, I wanted to challenge myself. I didn't want to be me in a movie. I didn't want to look like me. I didn't want to be Nina. I wanted to be these really intense characters and play and transform. And like that for me is the fun of what I do, of transforming in the hair and makeup and the wardrobe, you know, into these characters. Thank you for listening to the following films podcast. Today, I'm joined by Mina Savari and director Kevin Lewis to discuss their work on the new film, The Accursed. The Accursed, which stars Mina Savari, Sarah Gray, Meg Foster, and Alexis Knapp, is the follow-up feature from director Kevin Lewis, who's best known for Willy's Wonderland, starring Nicolas Cage. The Accursed is currently available on VOD. Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks. Thank you both so much for taking the time to do this today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us. I, I got to say, um, you're both the type of people who have work that I've enjoyed in the past. And that was just kind of one of the sight unseen. Happy to interview these two. Uh, whatever they're doing now, don't really care. It'll just be an excuse to talk about this old shit that I want to really talk about. <laughs> and then I watched this movie and fuck all that. I don't care. This thing is so good. I loved this movie. It was and it's really it's this moment when you're on the porch and the way that you're able to say my, my language just fuck you with a smile is so beautiful and wonderful. And I think I had a grin on my face pretty much throughout the entire movie from then on in. And yeah, this just scratched a very special itch for me. So th- thank you for this film. First of all, loved it. That's so funny. Cause I remember when I arrived and I was like, do I want to meet them? Like I called them my Sarah's Beth and Ellie, but I was like, maybe I don't want to be too friendly. Maybe I'll just keep my distance. You know, because we had the scene on the porch. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'll just completely be very disturbing for them. And yeah, in hindsight, I mean, watching it, I felt like they're watching them have this interaction between one another, reactions to Alma, which I hadn't seen in the performance. I thought, oh, this is great. <laughs> Authentic. <laughs> it were, it, it's, you're like channeling Nurse Ratchet energy, and it's just, it's beautiful. It's just wonderful to watch. It's a obviously totally different context, but it's so much fun. And then, Kevin, could you just talk a little bit about um, casting Mina in this? Because I think she just crushes this, but it's not something that I normally would have thought of her for this kind of role. And I think she just perfectly suited for this. <laughs> yeah, she definitely crushes it. And, um, you know, I was just excited. You know, um, I didn't know if she was going to do it. And uh, I, I just thought I've never seen her in something like this. And I just thought how exciting that would be. And uh once you know, we we she read it and we we got along. We talked about it. We hit it off like that, and we saw the character. You said Nurse Ratchet. That was the one we zeroed in on, and from then on, it was just it was golden. And again, I, it just felt very organic. It was like she was she was meant to play this role. We were meant to make this movie together. Um, she brought so much humanity, even though the the character is very cold. You can just feel it it's just vibrating off, you know, and I, even shooting the movie, I remember like that was a good sequence. We just talked about with the two Sarahs 
like, you know, I'd set up the Sarah's and we do this and come in and then Mina would be like, okay. And then we'd bring her in and she was off to the side. Right. And she did her own thing. And I, I knew those, those boots, those like Nazi combat boots. Sometimes I would hear scuffling <laughs> and stuff. And I'm like, Oh man, here we go. Here we go. And it was just so exciting. It was like that Nick Cage energy on Willie's. I remember yeah. Willie, I remember the boots coming to the set and stuff. You could just feel like the actor, they're in it. They're in the zone. They're ready to do it. And that's what Mina all the way through. When she came to set, she was just in it and ready to go and, and just knocked it out of the park. It, it takes a special kind of performance and building, really, to get away with the ending of this film. Because that is, and the that's a performance thing right there. There's a playful playfulness in that that yeah. is just, it's disturbing, but for me charming where it's just it's just oh my god this is so much fun it just feels like you're having a blast with this character that doesn't Thank feel you. like yes yeah. you've touched upon it because that's how it felt for me it's it's like it's wild i remember thinking what do you want me to do <laughs> like what are we gonna do <laughs> oh my gosh but but that's why we do what we do like that's fun that's why i don't know i guess for me like the more complicated, the better. I mean, I sort of experienced that very early in my career. I was like, this is boring. It felt like there's the pretty girl who has like nothing to do. And then there's like the character one who's not so pretty. and She's got everything to say. It was like, I was like, who am I interested in? You know, I, I wanted to challenge myself. I didn't want to be me in a movie. I didn't want to look like me. I didn't want to be Nina. I wanted to be these really intense characters and play and transform. And like that for me is the fun of what I do of transforming in the hair and makeup and the wardrobe, you know, into these characters. So and it's, it's a very small change where you disappear into this. Cause really you just have your hair back super tight, a little bit of different color there, but it's just like, it's, it's your physicality, the way that you're carrying your body. And this is clearly a part of that. The way that you move is so much a part of this character. Too. I know. And then that varies. It just, it's, it's like an organic process. And for me with this, it was like getting to Savannah. First of all, we were shooting in Savannah. Okay. I, like, I thought it was Savannah so based on the that, the whole character yeah. in and of itself. And then just meeting our costumer, experiencing like the ideas with our um, hair and makeup and what they thought. And I don't know, when I put on that outfit, it just felt like these very everything felt very tight and controlled. And so these sort of like, you know, military moves happened for me where I was just like turning on a dime. Everything was very severe. And that just happened, but it just unfolded by getting there and meeting everyone and seeing what they wanted to bring to it. That's again, also what I love. It's so frustrating to me sometimes and I don't say anything, but when I see someone steal the project from a director or like completely turn it into something that I don't know, it, it's very one-sided and it, this is what's it's so beautiful. You get to work with all of this amazing talent and put all these ideas together. And, and this film really captured it. We talked a lot about, um, you know, our, uh, our music, you know, our locations, everything. It was, it was such a great example of all of that camaraderie. Well, all movies are just collaborative and have a million different moving pieces where anything could fall apart. And this one specifically, though, has all these different story elements that are being tied together from different places. And really, you have a bunch of areas where this movie could fall apart and fail, especially because I think you make a promise with the opening of this movie, um, which I, the opening of this movie is just fantastic. And it's setting something up. And a lot of genre films do this where they'll say, 
you're about to see this and then never make good on what you saw. And this absolutely makes good on that. And it's just, I had this for lack of a better warm feeling this entire time from that, where I was just like, it's that evil dead two thing in me that I had ever since I was a kid that like Sam Raimi, I'm going to see something bonkers right now. And you actually make good on that. But then you also add this layer of humanity to it that I wasn't anticipating, but it doesn't take away from the sort of, silliness of the whole piece and i just love that about it can you talk a little about kevin about keeping all these tones together because this project is absolutely all over the place and i mean that in the best way well you you had me at sam raimi i mean he's one of my favorite filmmakers and uh yes uh it's interesting what you're saying because when i cut the movie i didn't use temp music I didn't do usually use you temp music and things just to try to smooth things over or razzle dazzle, or try to get the producers to look at it and go, okay, we got a movie here, but I really always focused on the narrative and we shot the cut. So I didn't have a lot of takes. Mina contested that. I mean, two to three and we were done. Wow. And, um, and, and so we really had to put it together and, and the, that the, the movie is a lot of hills and valleys, right? You open up and it's like this, you think we're setting you up for this one thing and then boom, now you go into Ellie's story but everything's starting to going to tie together. Once that car passes that tree with the crucifix, you're like, okay, here we go. And then Ambrose in the house. And then of course the finale and all that. So yes, that, that was all my mind constantly was the narrative, making sure that the story made sense, making sure that, and that was so exciting to work with Mina because she was always about the story too. And about serving the story in her character, but it was the story and everybody was there was no selfish, uh, um, you know, people on this on this project. It was all about let's service the story. What's best for the story? You know, maybe it's best that I don't say a line here. That's okay. I can do it with a look because we're servicing the story. So you got to have a great team to do something like that. And we did. We had a great team, and Mina was just again incredible. And you know, Alma. You know, Alma's just, yes, Alma's a villain, fine. But to me, it's that's just black and white. Alma, there's a lot of gray with Alma. And you've got to find that. And she did, you know. And, and she's not just kind of the stereotypical villain, right? There's a lot going on there. Um, and, and again, playfulness and things like that. But at the end of the day, you know, I was excited because I knew what Mina brought to this. And I was like, man, I can't wait for people to see it because they're just, it's just going to blow people's minds because that is such, it's such an interesting character and an exciting character. And it, it, she totally <laughs> transformed, you know, and I knew she was in the beginning when we talked and she said, you know, I, I really want to go all the way on this. And I said, please do. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like much was left uh, on the table with this one. They were really holding much One of my back, favorite you know? moments is when Alma gets in the car after leaving her there. And there's just this shot, this wide shot of my, my, is it's a Mercedes, right? It's like a vintage yeah. Mercedes. And she's, and it's, but it's like slow, you know? And I just love this shot of her like looking and walking, you know, out the window. It's just moments <laughs> like that. It's like what you were talking about. And that's what I loved about this script. It's like, how Kevin would let a moment breathe, you know, we didn't have to be like cutting all over the place or um, I, and I just, I loved the the dialogue too. these moments between Beth and Ellie, like these real conversations that yeah. I feel are real. I loved those moments that I feel like it really separates this film from a lot of films in this genre, you know, when you're always like, oh, why are they doing that? Or like, hey, you know, it's like this yeah. film did that. I love, I love when Sarah Dumont walks in to the library and she asks about the micro 
Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, the thing that they always do in the horror movies. Like, exactly. That's, that's yeah. so great. Like, you know, that's one of the but, things that I love so much about this. Well, that, they didn't, they had that written down because it was just that moment. It's like you're going through the horror movie tropes. You're going through this part where you have to go to the library and figure out what this thing is. It's impacting all of us. And okay, what's that thing that I see in movies that they always do? Kind of, and that's what it's, it's referencing that, but it works. And I feel like there's this energy the movie takes on at that point that normally when movies kind of start to fall apart in that, where they get lost in the exposition of the, what the hell's going on here, this movie picks up steam at that part. And actually, and it just really, you can start to feel it firing all on all cylinders and you start going back and forth between all these characters and you're able to go between the A, the B, the C and the D story and just jump around like seamlessly here. And I, could you talk a little bit about putting that together in that way? And I am building that, I, I guess, for lack of a better word, the propulsion of this story. Cause it does feel like it's picking up from a story point of view towards the end of this and just building up to this inevitable, amazing conclusion. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny you say that because when I, when I was shooting this movie, I was hearing the Beatles a day in the life, you know, where yeah. the, the, the symphony all the way to the end the crescendo. And that's what it was for me was, you know, yes. Okay you're getting these character moments and things like that. But the end, that, that cabinet, that opening is going to pay off and we're going to find out everything, you know, and the, 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 the whole idea of the demon, you know, what's interesting about the demon is that, you know, it's not what the demon does is what, how he affects people, right? That to me is what's scary about demons is they're, they're bringing the underworld or hell or whatever with them. And that's what the cabin becomes, you know? And so it was creating that world and kind of creating the gamble house world with, with Ellie and, You've got Beth and everything, and then kind of, you know, marrying those two together, you know, um, and, you know, we did everything from, you know, match cutting, of course, and, and that to, to the music with Emwa and how he did with the score. And uh, my friend Paul Otteson, he did the sound design for it, and uh, he did such a great job. Um it's there's some there's some wet noises in this movie that were just yeah. some of the most disturbing yeah. stuff here is the sound mix for sure. Well, you know, um, a friend of mine, he's actually a, a executive producer on the film. He sent me a thing before we started shooting about these noises that that we hear sometimes. It's just unnerving. They're these low tones and they just and they, you know, you can't really it's kind of like the dog, right? The dog can hear some things you know, that others can't. And so I, I read the I just I did a lot of research on this and I was like, I know in post I'm doing this with a demon. I'm going to do it with a lot. And so we did that. We incorporated a lot of that stuff at the cabin and things just to set kind of a bed, you know, to lie, to lay everything else on. And uh, we, we worked on the sound mix. I mean, that whole thing with, you know, Ellie and the, 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 the mom coming and then the, the, the music and this and that, I mean, that was all exciting to do in, in post. I love, I love sound. Um, and I think, I think, you know, you can tell a good movie with a good sound mix. Right. Um, and so we really worked hard on that uh, to do that with, and, and Emwa did a great job with the score and, and the music as well. Uh, yeah, agreed completely. The sound mix is the thing that is unforgiving. That if you My favorite in interviews was Emwa talking about how he used instruments that don't even have names. Yeah, <laughs> how's this? <laughs> he couldn't even like name the instrument he used because he just yeah. was like, "I found these instruments that like they don't even have names, but they make these cool sounds." I just thought that was so fun. It's so funny because he <laughs> he would call me and he'd play these instruments on the phone. And I'm like, "Yeah, man, that sounds cool. Okay, you know, <laughs> you know." But but what's funny is one time I went to go, I was working on the cut, and I put in the Nick Cave. I love Nick Cave. I've seen him in 
so many times uh, concerts and I put on a song and I heard lover man. And I was like, I love that song, but I listened to it. I was like, Holy, this is our movie. This is our movie. I worked really hard to get that song to end the movie. Cause I just felt like th if you listen to those lyrics, like this is our film in a nutshell, the lover man, you know? And so I was really excited about that because MWA does two songs and of course the score. And then we have the Nick cave bad seat song at the end. So it's that for the and such a such a great use of it too. Uh, as said, that was again one of the notes that I have here because it's just been God probably since I was in eighth grade when you know you had the a cooler older brother who turned me on to Nick Cave and I've yeah. just been ever since. It's just Murder Ballads is one of those records that probably yeah. once every three months I listen to it from beginning to end. It's just and so you, good. You need to see him live. I mean, he haven't yet somehow. Oh, you've got to do it. Yeah, he's he's amazing. But yeah, I was I was so excited that we got that song because I was like, I have to get this song. I got and then so we did that. And then at the very end, if you stay to the end credits, we I just put a little demon bass in there, just whoa, 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 at the end, you know, just to leave the audience with that. But that's perfect. It's it's like that's your room noise that you have yeah. to have as the consistent throughout this picture. Totally. Totally. That's great. And so then can, can you talk a little bit about moving into genre of filmmaking doing this stuff you know it's, as you said it's more you can do more interesting character work here which is i think a lot of people wouldn't think that would be the case with these types of films but you can actually really show a lot more depth in what you have the ability to do and seeing a film like this is just really kind of defined the way i think about you where it's you're so much more that you could offer and i hope you do more of this stuff because man this is this was fun i had a great time with this one thank you yeah i like to challenge myself i mean i just i don't know i i live my life i try to live it very easy and i try to just stay open and um, work with you know what's presented to me and i just feel like i learned so much about myself through that process and so that's fun for me um yeah i mean Today's episode of the Following Films Podcast is brought to you by Bookmans. I'm joined today by my son, Jacob. Jacob, say hello to old people. Oh, there you go. You're already on it. So, Jacob, when you go to Bookmans, what is it that you like to look at? What do you like to get? To get toys uh, and movies and, and the coffee news. You like to look at the movies and you like to get the coffee news, the newspaper they have out front? That's yes. great. So, last time we went into Bookmans, I picked up a movie. Um, what movie did I get, Jacob? Escape from New York, but that's the name as it hurts of the, uh, ex, uh, as the cover. Sorry, sorry, I So, no, no, you're okay. Would you talk a little bit about what you see on the cover of Escape from New York on this Blu-ray that I got? So, based on this cover, you see glass shattered and also the Statue of Liberty's face fell apart because... In this movie, Escape from New York, is the introduction is a man trying to save the president's daughter, and New York turns into a prison in this movie. And there's the hero, as you can see, very strong, in fact. Oh, yeah. Now, this is one of my favorite movies. I love this movie. Now, you're too young to watch it because you're only six years old, but do you think in a couple years from now, when you get a little bit older, you'll want to check out Escape from New York? Yeah. Okay, what's a movie that you've seen that we picked up at Bookman's that you like? Come here, talk so that people can hear you. A uh, Little Shop of Horrors? Little Shop of Horrors, that's a great movie. So, when you're going to Bookman's, you can get movies, DVDs, Blu-rays, 4K, Laserdisc, VHS. You can also get comic books, books, 
newspapers, magazines, home furnishings. Uh, you can get tons of stuff there. Because remember, Bookman's has your cool covered. Hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Yay, that was a good idea. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I feel like I've played so many like true stories or real life people. And that's always very different, you know, than something like this. Um, in the sense that, uh, I, I, I feel more pressure than Liberty to just kind of create, do whatever I want. Um, so, I mean, you know, and even just sitting here and like listening to Kevin, I mean, being privy to some of these conversations that I didn't even really know so much about in reference to this film and the sound and everything that went into it and the editing. I mean, that's, it's, it makes me feel very proud, you know, to be very grateful to be a part of a film like this. You, know? you can feel how thoughtful. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, you can feel how thoughtful this is. This doesn't feel like something that was thrown together a lot of genre films they can have the one thing that they're able to hang their hat on they have like this really good kill they have this one moment they have this one thing that's like we'll forgive bad acting we'll forgive bad sound design we'll forgive everything because there's this one thing you have to check this out for and this is one of those rare movies where i think you got almost everything right here um it's really rare that i and I, i'm a a monster kid that was raised in the 80s so practical <laughs> effects mean so much to me and i was a vhs kid that had all these movies I watched, you know, like Pumpkinhead was something that I loved as a kid. I love and, Pumpkinhead. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and so like, and to see something like this, this is a movie that I have a 12 year old son now who's starting to really enjoy genre stuff. And this is one I want to show him because I want him to see the monster at the end of this movie. And I want him to find, you know, I need to give him the Rick Baker book. I think he's about ready for it at this point. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, that's so wild. I was just watching a movie um, the other night and there was this massive, massive effect moment. And I was just like, I don't know if we needed that. <laughs> <laughs> it just felt like it kind of ruined it. Like I saw too much or something, you know? And you could just clearly see that it was, it wasn't like 3D in the way you hoped, right? So. If it takes up space in the room, I think there's something that happens that your mind accepts it, even though it's clearly a puppet, it's clearly not reality for whatever that thing is. There's something that happens if it's three-dimensional, if it's actually taking up space in that room, the actors are interacting with it. You can see sweat dripping from it, whatever happens to be going on in that moment, oh, that yeah. really you can't recreate that feeling. And CGI is, has incredible things that you can do with it, but I feel like it's leaned on probably a little bit too much to the point where we need to be limited by reality to some degree, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, sometimes to me, the best, the best movies, the best stories are leaving up to the audience's imagination. Right. So you hint at things, but you don't have to show. Now I feel like with the VFX and CGI is just, you throw everything there, you know, and they're more like cut scenes from video games, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I love practical effects. Um, just like you, you know, with pumpkin head and everything. I mean, that's what I grew up with and that's what excite. It's just also about, you know, I love shooting like cinematography, like lighting on set instead of like, Oh, we'll just shoot, you know, green screen and we'll just flat light it and we'll fix it in post. We talked about this the other um, today that fix it in post was like the worst word you could use. <laughs> Like you were a hack. If I ever said, uh, never said, hey, just, hey guys, we'll just fix it in post. It's like, uh oh, you know, the movie's. In. But now that's what any everybody does. Yeah, just we'll get it later. But even with the effects, with the hand coming out of the mouth, we scanned the 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 prop hand. Okay, I mean, we did things on there. 
I storyboarded those sequences because I knew exactly what I what I needed on on the effect shots, and everybody was on the same page, and that was a really great thing working on this movie because Entropic did all the VFX for us. They did the post, they did the color correction. And so everybody was on the same page of the pipeline, my editor, myself, my DP, everybody, we we're all talking and, and there was communication. And I feel like that's sometimes these movies, you know, you, you see reviews on films, they go, oh, this movie, that sucked. It's like, they don't know what happened. You know, you could have had a great script and the, and the producer screwed it up or post, you know, drop the ball. There's just so many things. And um, a lot of these films that I realized too, it's like post-production, it's like, you know, they don't really think about it until it's kind of too late. And it's like, well, hurry up, we just got to rush it and get it out because we got the bank loan and blah, 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 you know? And it's like, no guys, post-production is very important. You know, that is the last step of the rewriting of the project, right? You, you first, you write the script, then you rewrite it in prep, then you rewrite it in, 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 in production. And then you, the last is the rewrite in post. And that's the last time. And it's like, but some people just rush it and just want to get it out and whatever, move on to the next thing. And I mean, we took our time with posts. I mean, it was a quick turnaround on this, on an independent film like this. Cause we were, we just wrapped shooting a year ago, but I, I locked picture like end of January and we took all the way till July to get the movie finished. That's great. Sound design music, the whole nine yards. Cause I just, everything was so important, you know? And it, I think what you're talking about is the thing that audiences view and that we end up feeling is cynicism and that it comes across when it's you know, the heart isn't there. Um, that it's really, you, you can't define it other than that, but you feel it. It's something you're aware of. You can tell, I know when my wife is pissed off at me, not because she said something, not because of the, the way that she walked across the room, but because there's an air in the room that I can tell this is going on. Yeah. And that's what, that's like, that, that that's just something just changed right now. I, I don't know what it is, but I need yeah. to figure this shit out right now. And it's like, it's that thing that you can feel in a movie when there's heart and love and joy and there's real passion people are putting themselves into it you can feel it so all those things you're talking about that could go wrong in the making of a film they happen and you forgive them for that and you end up loving the film for those things that happen my favorite films are not perfect films they're films that have warts they're they're i mean you know kind of i express my wife because that's the thing it's you know i'm 46 years old we're getting older the aesthetics are falling apart now like i I look terrible compared to how i used to look and so like but she still loves me and i think our marriage is in a much better place now and it's because the there's a deeper feeling that you have there and it's a connection that's real instead of something that's based on it looked pretty it sounded great it was this thing that's very it's cotton candy, empty calories. I'm sorry, I'm kind of going off on a tangent there. No, no, no. You, what you just said about empty calories, that's what I feel a lot of stuff is. It's like you stream it. I think I've been, I've had these conversations with a lot of friends and, and it's like, I, I'm trying to get my, it's like nothing is exciting anymore. And there's nothing special. There's nothing, no, you know, and I think it's like, well, streaming, it's like you stream a movie by yourself. You're not with an audience, right? Especially a horror movie where yeah. you go with the communal thing and everything and you go and it's like, yeah, okay, it sucked or it was good. And you text your buddy or you text your friend and that's it, you know? And uh, you know, I mean, I, my, my kids, you know, I, I put on the great escape for my son and he's watching, he goes, Dad, this is the most boring movie I've ever seen. I was like, you got to be Steve McQueen, man, on a motorcycle with James Garner. And I was like, okay, but that's that generation, right? And so that's the thing. It's like evolve or die. Here we are. And uh, I saw the curse on the big screen. We, we went up last week to the theater to see it. And I was so proud of it. It looked so beautiful. I was so excited. But I was like, nope, most people are going to see this on a little you know, on TV. And all those TVs are great. And there's some amazing stuff there with home technology. But 
they're going to look on their iPhone, you know, and stuff like, and that's just how, how it is. And, you know, I wish we would get more to the point where we could have a good discussion like this and go to see a film together and talk about it and everything. But unfortunately, everything is so solitaire now and it is empty calories. There's just, I think about like, think about Game of Thrones, right? You could, you could binge watch Game of Thrones in four or five days, right? Took years of people's hard work to make that, that show years, right? And then you're on to the next and then on the next. So even though it's exciting a little bit, because you get a lot of the TV is now like movies, like they're just amazing TV, but there's just something special in the cinemas and in the theaters and the motion picture experience I feel is lacking now. No, 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 no. I agree with you. It's so quick, you know, everything's just. Yeah. It's, and it's not just that it's leaving, it's the leaving your house. Because it used to be that we had to leave our house to go find a movie. Even if you're going to watch it at home, you went out and you went to a video store and you rented something. You did that thing. You had, you know, three channels maybe that would have a rated R movie on it. You could watch uncut. And that's what was on at that moment. If you rented two movies from the video store that weekend, that's what you were watching. That's all you had. You couldn't just flip around and change it. And so it's like you bought an album. You had to listen to the whole damn thing. But there was yeah. no way around it because you just spent you, you spent fifteen bucks on this thing. You had to listen to it, you know. And you're going to hang out with it for a couple of weeks, and then you end up loving it later. And I think yeah. that something like The Great Escape, I didn't see that theatrically. I saw that on a two VHS set, you know, on pan and scan on a four by three television. It was not an ideal thing, yeah. but I fell in love with that movie. Yeah. And I, think I remember you, seeing Lawrence of Arabia at the Cinerama. <laughs> Cinerama Dome, you saw it. I did too. So cool. And I was like, this together. is a moment here. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Never happen again. <laughs> you know? I know. I got to see it. Was, was it a 75 millimeter print of it that they had a couple of years ago? It was a 70 millimeter. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or 70 millimeter. Yeah. It was, they had, we have one of those theaters still here in Tucson that was, and showed that like a couple of years ago. And yeah. It's so wild Pretty how the amazing. business has changed. And then there was like some, I think a horror movie from like, the 80s or something so it's like halloween so it's like pulling up all this stuff and i was like that's so grainy you can't even see it because it's film <laughs> it's like oh my god <laughs> it's changed so much like is it focus? these people are so blurry <laughs> you know i'm curious your opinion on this though because it's changed so much are there more opportunities out there probably for filmmakers and actors and, and, and things like, I think there might be right. There's just, I more. think so in the sense that, I mean, yeah. everyone's connected. So yeah. it's just like, everyone's at the table now. The downside yeah. is everyone's talking, no one's focusing because everything's just so quick. I mean, I'm going on these projects where it's like 15 day shoots. We're just like, people mm-hmm. are like banging things out. Everything is like no prep. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very quick. And, um, you know, I mean, you find the time. It's like, it's just, for me, it's like learning a new dynamic. Like, you don't, I miss that. We used to have like table reads and like consoles and like time where we could just work together. And now it's like, maybe you can get two takes. Yeah. So good luck. Cause we got to go, you know, it's, and I've had to like, you know, I mean, I'm starting something here in a couple of weeks and I have so much, um, you know, uh, anxiety over just like learning all the material. Yeah. Because it's like that now. It's like, we got to go, you know, yeah. everything is just like quick and, and, and turning it around. And so, you know, but I'm, I'm still fighting for like the lovers of art and like cinema <laughs> filmmaking and. Mm-hmm. But it'll still hold on, you know, because I'm I'm hoping that maybe everybody just it's too much noise that we can kind of come back mm-hmm. 
you know, mm-hmm. to uh, our original focus? I think it will. I mean, there's short form entertainment, in, you know, TikTok and things like that. Yeah. Um, it is what it is, but you have a generation of kids right now that are learning to edit, write, create content at that age. Can you imagine what those kids are going to be doing in 20 years from now when they say, okay, I want to make a feature. I, oh, by the way, I've been making films for 25 years and I'm, you know, 30 years old at this point. So you, they, they understand storytelling by far. They have such a leap ahead of where we were when we were younger. So I'm really excited for the work they're going to do and long form entertainment. They're not scared of it. They're not nervous. They like things that are really short. They understand sometimes it's a short film. Other times it's a 10 part series. And I think they understand what they'll have a much clearer idea of what the story should be and how it should be told. Is it a punchline or is it something that needs to be examined for 20 hours? Mm -hmm. And I'm really, I think we're just figuring that out right now, but I think they're going to have a much better handle on that in this next generation. I hope. Right. (laughs) But thank you both so much for taking the time to do this today. I really do appreciate it. I just love the hell out of this film. So congratulations. This is a fun one. Thank Thank you, Christopher. Thank you so much. So great talking to you. You as well. Have Have a great weekend. weekend. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Time enough to figure you out. Time enough to write this down. Wish me luck. Give me hope.
always crack.